0: kissing hands shaking babies affairs Um, but people should know about this Uh, so and these are the mobile courts uh, in in, uh, uh, Congo in the DRC and uh, so after hearing 65 cases of alleged sexual violence, an innovative mobile civilian court system has conducted has concluded its uh, proceedings in Bunia, Democratic Republic of the Congo. 46 men were convicted for committing acts of sexual violence against adults and children near the border with Uganda. 13 defendants were found not guilty and 6 cases were sent back to the prosecutor Uh, requiring additional information. Those convicted are facing between seven and 15 years in prison. Over the past month, um, and and this is going back, so this is about two months ago really, the Grand Tribunal of Bunia has held uh, public trials in the capital of the uh, Ituri district, servicing an area that spans over 25,000 square miles with a mobile court system. These hearings have uh, accelerated a legal process often criticized for its sluggishness. Uh, sometimes granting the accused ample time to flee prosecution outside of provincial capitals, victims of sexual violence often lack access to courtrooms and judges. so I think this story is important for one thing for one one um the 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 sexual assault of a a woman or or a man for that matter is one of the most brutal crimes and one of the most traumatic crimes that that occurs and I think it's really important to bring it up i also um, uh, uh, I think it's important to tell this story because um because of the fact that there has been like epidemic numbers especially in this part of the world in uh the, the great lakes region of africa of uh such sexual assaults which is not to say that it's in uh distinction from uh other parts of the world because this this unfortunately happens uh, way too often in way too many places which is the which brings me to the third and uh final reason uh why i bring uh this Story up, and um, and that is because uh, so often, like with the Coney uh, 2012 or whatever bullshit campaign, uh, you know, uh, this part of the world is demonized, and 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 uh, military and neoliberal disruptive actions are justified on the basis of X Y Z horrors, um, and uh, and I, I thought it's really important to to discuss a homegrown movement to address some of these horrors. It's not about folk denying that this shit happens. It's about uh, self-determination and self-realization and the fact that uh, people are willing to step up. Uh, in this place to address these things and, uh, and and that's really critical because that paves the way to recognizing uh, DRC as it should have been done decades ago as uh, uh, part of the heart of Africa and as its own uh, uh, legitimate political entity and um, not needing the advice of these uh, fathers as it were of these uh, uh, great white fathers from the west that are going to tell uh, the, the poor Africans how they should live and all this hocus pocus bullshit so that's why I said the story. Anyway, I think it's important to know. Also, mobile courts, something to, um, I was in court earlier this week. Well, I wasn't in court, but I had to go to court to deal with business, um, which is almost as bad because you still have to fucking go there and it takes time out of your, your, your week and shit like that. And, uh, you know, I got to tell you, I mean, and now I'm being glib and, and, and it's kind of ridiculous being glib with such a serious topic, but I'm an asshole, so whatever. Um, you know, I, I, I would love mobile courts here. I want a fucking court that's going to turn up at my house when I got to go to court. That's all I got to say about that. I want a court that's going to come to my fucking front door, and I'm going to come down in my jeans and my dirty-ass T-shirt. I'm going to be hella tired, probably rubbing last night's beers out of my eyes, and I'm be like, yeah, all right, what? I mean, yeah, I'm innocent. Yeah. All right, let's get this over with. I got to go to fucking work. So, uh okay. I'm going to stop being an asshole for a minute cuz there's like one more serious bit that I want to talk about and this uh, has to do with uh Zimbabwe. So uh Zimbabwe again, you know, I mind goes to Maniba, right? Again, happy birthday uh uh Baba Nelson Mandela. Uh and uh, uh Zimbabwe, you know, associated with South Africa. The liberation struggles were analogous. They they were were not unconnected. Um, and uh so I want to talk about this This discussion uh, uh, right, of, of a bedroom coup. I love that. I'm, I'm actually going to totally steal that phrase and um, find a way to work it into making love to a lot of women in one room, and I'm going to call it a bedroom coup. But um, in any case, this is a little bit of a different story. So when former war veterans leader uh, Jabaluni Jabulani uh, Sibanda last October warned of a "quote bedroom coup" brewing in ZANU PF ahead of the party's acrimonious December congress. His remarks could have simply been dismissed as polemics in an intensifying succession battle. However, those discerning immediately realized what he was talking about and started watching the developments closely as President Robert Mugabe's wife Grace stormed the political scene from nowhere, uh, wreaking havoc and inflicting serious political casualties on the former vice president. Uh, Joyce Mujuru and her faction. In fact, Grace, who is uh, using her now widely acknowledged influence over Mugabe at home and in the office, did something unthinkable, ousted a liberation struggle stalwart and precipitated unprecedented political purges in the party's history. At the height of succession-fueled factionalism and infighting, Sibanda threatened that real war veterans would resist Grace's bedroom or boardroom coup boardroom coup is much less interesting to me by the way I can't really think of much to do with that erotically um yeah just saying uh Little did he know that a political tsunami was coming to sweep Mujuru and her allies away in a devastating tidal surge that could well change Zimbabwe's course of history. I am not going to allow any coup both in the boardroom and in the bedroom, Sibanda thundered as the ZANU-PF power struggle escalated. Despite attempts to shore up Mugabe's faltering grip by creating quote, one center of power in some antiquated thinking reminiscent of PF's one-party state and authoritarian agenda of the 1980s, the succession issue did not go away. So long as Mugabe remains ensconced in power, the problem will not disappear. He is the root cause and now symbolizes all that is wrong with his party in Zimbabwe, according to the opposition. However, the most open and loudest uh, admission that Grace's, quote, bedroom coup has succeeded and could well open the path for her to succeed Mugabe came this week when she, either by design or accident, arrogantly suggested she is now the kingmaker or the puppet master behind the current regime speaking during a groundbreaking ceremony for the uh, Max housing scheme in Kadoma, Grace, not in government, and thus with no formal executive functions or authority, disclosed how she controls and sets the agenda for appointed vice presidents. Emerson, uh, Manangagua and Felekazela Mfoko, who report to her. And I'm sorry if I struggle with the names. I'm not from there, okay? So I'm trying. This clearly suggests Grace is now either projecting herself as a kingmaker, someone exercising influence on Mugabe's succession without being a candidate herself, or a presidential hopeful. She is using her bedroom power to influence her husband's succession process whichever way. After having succeeded beyond her wildest dreams in removing the powerful Mujuro and her allies, Grace now seems unstoppable and could be a wild card in the succession race. The vice presidents, they know that they must sit down with Amai to discuss about developmental issues. I support that. VP Manangagwa, I support... That And I'm sure you have lost count the number of meetings we've had, she boastfully said. This never happened in the past, as there was a woman who wore dress, dresses like me, Majuro, but never came to me to discuss about the development of Zimbabwe. But I tell you, Manangagua uh, comes with a notebook. Mfoko comes with a notebook to listen to me. They know I am younger than them, but they appreciate that I am a my, and I have something to tell them about developing the nation. They will be taking down notes as I speak. I tell you, they will be jotting down notes as I speak so the nation moves forward. I would like to tell them that I want the, that relationship to continue because that is the only way Zimbabwe can develop and become successful. This really proves Grace is now running the show in Zenopief and government behind the scenes as Mugabe battles old age, ill health, and frailty. In the end, it simply shows that the bedroom coup has succeeded uh, successfully at least for now. So, uh, on that note, I I just want to throw out just a couple thoughts, which is one, bedroom coup is an amazing phrase. Second, um, Mugabe, despite the fact that he is utterly demonized, by uh the UCPSA, that the United Capitalist Prison States of America, um was and is a liberation leader. He was part of the, the uh few remaining uh, he's one of the few remaining of the generation of african liberation that was spearheaded by uh such great leaders as kwame nkrumah as uh uh, uh, uh sekou toure ahmed Sekutore in in guinea uh spearheaded by by leaders such as uh, uh, uh patrice lumumba in the congo and uh jomo kenyatta in kenya and let's uh, uh of of course uh, you know uh julius nyerere in uh, Tanzania right and uh, uh, of course we cannot forget the Madiba whose birthday it is Nelson Mandela in South Africa and, and Mugabe is part of that and that is a history that the UCPSA the Brits, the French, the Germans and all those motherfuckers are dying to erase and so we need to bring that back now I do not necessarily support Life, presidents for life. I'm generally not a fan of the concept. Uh, one of the things I can say in praise of Madiba, Nelson Mandela, is that he's one of the few examples in the entire world of a president that served one term and said, cool, I'm done. He did that. He said, after, after 27 years in prison fighting for liberation and gaining the presidency, afterwards, he did his one term and said, cool, next guy. Wow damn that's I mean almost on par actually I mean no not almost that is on par that's like on par with Einstein Albert Einstein who was offered the second, second presidency of Israel and he said nah nah fuck yeah loving it loving it because he was too brilliant of a human and too good of a human to accept that kind of bullshit Wow. So, I just want to say, not to say that Zimbabwe is without issues, and not to say that there are not healthy political critiques that can be had of ZANU PF and Robert Mugabe, but be very, very careful what you read, because if you're in the West and you're reading it, it's State Department bullshit. And they're just pissed because there happens to be a corner of Africa. That they haven't been able to completely fuck straight up, and there will be peop- there there are people that will fight back with me about abuses of uh, Mugabe's regime, and I'm not a denier. Okay, so I'm absolutely willing to entertain such discussions and discuss them in detail, and um, you know I don't saint people. I don't believe in it. I believe it's adultery. Um, so. You know, I I do not declare Robert Mugabe to be a perfect president or even a perfect human being. But what I do believe is you have to look behind the hype. Look at social conditions in in Zimbabwe and then compare them to the UCPSA. And find find out what you find out. And then let's talk. Let's, let's talk about what the perspective of, of the, the, the people in Zimbabwe is and, and what are the percentages and who, who is and is, is, is not in support. I mean, let's, if we're going to have a conversation of, about politics, especially that far across the world, we need to have all I'm saying is we need to have uh, real parameters and, um, a, and a real conscientious outlook. Um, so that's it. Um, I should have talked about Greece tonight. I didn't because it's all over every other radio station, from from like corporate to 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 other independent stations, and uh, I will be following it very closely. And I'm 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 probably going to talk about Greece uh, um, next show because that's like really what's cracking in the world right now. That's like. Uh, uh, the fact that uh, this this small little country, uh, you know, granted with an ancient legacy that uh, everyone's enthralled by, but nevertheless this small little country standing up to the fucking IMF, to the to the, 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 the 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 European Central Bank, uh, uh, to the the, the 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 German bank, to their own oligarchs, and saying "fuck you," we're tired of your games. I mean, this is huge. Oh, yeah, by the way, yeah, kick us out of the Eurozone and watch the Euro crumble. Fuck you. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. Go ahead, do it, bitches. I mean, that's really what's going on. I I mean, I'm being very glib and I'm being very, uh, 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 you know, whatever, frivolous about it. But that's like, I mean, when you cut through all the economic discussion and the political discussion, all the sophisticated terms, that's essentially what's going on, is the people standing up and saying, we're not going to fucking take it anymore. And I think that should go for the whole goddamn world because things are not right right now. Things are out of balance. Things are out of fucking whack. There are too many people dying unnecessarily. There are too many resources being squandered. If you look at the environmental situation, and here I'm thinking about uh, a week ago, I was at a uh, protest action against... Bakken and crude being uh uh uh, brought by rail through the bay area where we're broadcasting out of from the toss from the 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 the, uh uh canada and 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 directly connected with the tar sands operations in in the alberta region and which is the most devastating environmental destruction in the in the history of the world which is only dedicated to more profits for these fucked up ass petrol companies i'm sorry Going on a little rant here. Folks, point being, shit ain't right. And hell yeah, Congo needs mobile courts to deal with rampant uh, sexual violence. But they also need self-fucking determination and an end to the influence and the uh, uh, superpositioning of bitches like the UCPSA, France, England, and all the other motherfuckers that want to plunder the resources of Africa. And hell yeah, we need a day of celebration for O'Shane Evans and all the other victims of police terror. But we don't need just need a day of celebration. It's time to step up and say, yes, we can dismantle these paramilitary apparati known as police departments and get rid of them and have something that works for the motherfucking people. And I'm sorry if I'm not mincing my words or being cool or suave like DJs are supposed to be. But this is people's motherfucking radio, and I'm with the people. And I'm that asshole. I admitted it earlier in the show. I'm that asshole that's going to say it. If you don't like me, you don't have to listen to the show. And that's 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 brutal. That's a like a uh, something you're never supposed to say when you're in this business. But you know what? I'm going to say it because. I know that you're not there, those of you listening, unless you're brand new. And if you're brand new and you don't like it, well, I I got nothing on that. But you're listening because you want something different. You're listening because you're tired of this fucking status quo. You don't want to hear the same top 40 lull me to coma bullshit that the corporations are offering you. You want to hear what's going on in your world. You want to hear those Kobani uh, uh, women, which we started the set off tonight with. You want to hear their art. When you hear hip hop, you want to hear real hip hop that talks about shit, not some bullshit about how one fucking motherfucker got, can get laid. And if you're there, I'm there And you're not alone, I'm not the only one that's there with you All the other thousands of people listening to this show All the other millions of these people desperate for some truth Are right there with you And that's what we're about, and that's why we're here And this is Mutiny Radio, this is people's radio uh, Off the island of San Francisco It's not really an island, that's just what I call it And, um, And we send love Love out to all you listeners all around the world. Love to all you listeners right here in the Bay. And love to all the people that are in hurting tonight. Love to all the people. It was a beautiful day today, but love to all the people that that are struggling to see that beauty because their hearts are hurting. Finally, I want to end on a... um, on a on a kind of samba note. Uh a uh, this has to do with a a former uh uh co host and a uh and still part of the heterotopia family and I want you all to know that uh DJ uh Shinobi Double O nine aka red turban is um is really uh uh going through it right now. Uh his uh Grandmother appears to be be facing her, her final moments in this world, and uh, and uh, and um, it's very very difficult, even when it is natural causes uh, to to lose a loved one. And so I'd just like to ask uh, respectfully for for all of you, especially for those of you veteran listeners out there who have known uh, the the art of Shinobi 009 or or Red Turban, who have have listened to him speak on this station, uh, speak truth on this station and share his art with you. Um, For those of you that are listening that that remember that 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 beauty that he shares that he shared with you, he needs your love right now and he needs your support all right and uh and so i i want to um and and i want to send it out i have the microphone i want to send it out to him and his family right now and i'd like to ask you to do the same because these transitions are never easy all right i love you guys um we're gonna call it we're gonna thank you we're gonna call it right there um as always um, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to quote Bill and Ted right now. Be excellent to each other. And seriously, folks, uh, um, take care of each other. We are all that we have. Take care of each other, love each other, and never stop the fight. Even if you've got to take a break, that's okay. Breaks are fine. But never stop the struggle. Free the land. Free all political prisoners. Send some love to Leonard Peltier, who's suffering so bad right now. Free all political prisoners. All power to the people i'm gonna say that one more time all power to the people this is yours truly dj ashik on the deck signing off i'll catch up with you next time uh and uh we'll be back uh next week god willing same bad time same bad channel all right Show.
1: Uh,
0: I, I'm sorry. Uh, this is something that I have to do. I have to give a, a shout-out to Stand Up versus Improv. I don't know who won, but the event was dope. And uh, that's the kind of thing that you get here at Mutiny Radio. If you've never been to the studio and gallery of Mutiny Radio, you should come check it out. It's at 2781 21st Street. Cross Street is Florida on the uh, semi-quasi-pseudo island of San Francisco. Mm. And... Um, you know, island culturally, less so geographically, and um. <laughs> and and, and uh, you should come check it out though two seven eight one twenty first street cross street is Florida we have beautiful art up on our walls that changes periodically um we have a taqueria across the street uh, they, they, yeah you get the seriously the best pupusa in town so uh, ta hey, they, they do they do taqueria stuff but it's more pupuseria. and uh, uh, but either way you get like the best pupusas in town at uh, at doa Terrace and that's right across uh, that's right across the street so uh, you know uh, you, you have the pupuseria, You have the art on the walls You have events Like stand up versus improv And, and we're and, dolphin safe and, and what? We're dolphin safe And we are dolphin safe Your pet dolphin is safe here at Mutiny Radio uh, So without further ado Let's get this party started Welcome back uh, Loving y'all Thanks for tuning in to Heterotopia on Mutiny Radio Hmm. I don't have sound there. That didn't work out as well as I thought it would. So we're gonna try this. Uh, uh, we're gonna try this one more time and see if we can figure out uh, exactly what is going on. Uh, my profound Apologies folks Uh, Let's see if we can uh, get to the the bottom of this little mystery that we have uh, Going on here, so we're gonna try uh, we're gonna try one more time here Uh, again, maestro again again Well, this is fun, okay um so this is one of those things that happens every once in a while when you are listening to a community radio station with limited resources uh and uh you know things tend to to uh take on a life of their own oh but i think I think we maybe be get may have gotten somewhere here, so we're gonna we're gonna. Get this party started. We're gonna give it another go here. Why would anybody? There it is! Welcome back, folks.
2: This is the most morally polluted, degenerate, insane nation
3: on the face of this earth.
4: This country is not controlled by the United States Constitution. This country do not function under the democratic process. This country is controlled and
2: governed by the capitalists. Why would anybody want to incite a riot? Prison construction, America's sole growth industry. Why would anybody
5: want to incite a riot? Good heavens, wake up, wake up.
2: Prison construction, America's sole growth industry
3: wake up wake up capital follows the profit margin always
2: always Ah. prison construction america's sole
6: growth industry
7: Sonny is a
4: Nameless, and they remain nameless. One thing for sure, they won't remain blameless. One thing for sure, they won't remain blameless. One thing for sure, they won't remain blameless.
1: Checking for that, They mashing up the ozone are Claiming ownership of minerals and artifacts Babies are born baptised in bloodshed Genocide for the gold diamonds and the oil spread Millions of others with no wonder This undiscovered Discoveries Savage in wonderland This stock funds fire Don't so miss oil, the and gold mine.
8: voice and use it, use your own voice and find it. The sounds of drizzle on dry leaves are not like sounds of insults between pedestrians. Those women laughing in the window do not sound like air conditioners on the plank. The river turtle does not breathe like a slithering roar cackle of a hyena. Find your own voice and use it. Use your own voice and find it. Find your own voice and use it. Use your own voice and find it. The growl of a sea leopard is not like the teething cry of a baby. The slash of a barracuda is not like the gulp of a leaping whale. The the speech of a tiger shark is not like the bark of an eaglefish. The scent of a gardenia is not like the scent of a tangerine. Find your own voice and use it, use your own voice and find it. Find your own voice and use it, use your own voice. and.
9: loved incredibly when i met your mom i saw your smile in photographs heard about your laugh sat in on the trial of your wrongful death saw your face after your your final breath on the courtrooms big flat screens hair braided so lovingly and blood splattered on your face was it your home or just a place i believe in something Stars out guns drawn looking up and feeling the energy stars out guns drawn stop resisting stop, stop resisting. resisting stars out guns drawn powerful and striking first one shine so brightly stars out guns drawn We see a second one followed by the third one stars out guns drawn filling up the whole room brightness of the full moon Stars out Looking up and feeling the energy Stars out Surrender, no need for resisting Stars out Powerful and striking, first one shines so brightly Stars out Quickly see a second one, followed by the third one Stars out
2: With your brother Don't seem to matter now Well, that's just what I say
10: I'm قطعنا what Oh, <laughs> oh,
11: چرخه دم از
12: All of you will be getting one of these leaflets. It just gives you an indication of what we're going through in the UK. This was my brother, Kingsley Gorel. Kingsley was 29 years old. He was walking in the streets of Birmingham as you do with his four year old son on the t- 31st, sorry, the 27th, Sunday the 27th of March 2011. Kingsley came up to a group of lads who was threatening him. Um, he called the police. When the police arrived, they said it was delusional, he's seeing things. All they need to do is look at the CCTV footage. There's one CCTV footage in the shop. There's one CCTV footage outside, and this is this Birmingham City Council CCTV footage. And further up the road, there's another CCTV footage. However, up to date, we still have not obtained or reviewed the CCTV footage of what took place with my brother. Only the one that was fabricated at the inquest. We only had the inquest four years later, which was just recently on the 7th of April 2015. So let me go back. Um, Kingsley was an ordinary character. He was shy. He kept himself to himself and he was a family-oriented person. On Sunday the 27th of March, as I mentioned, before Kingsley called for help, when the police arrived at the said he was delusional. He was taken to a psychiatric hospital saying he was mad, he needed an assessment. When he was taken to that place of safety, um, unfortunately he was sectioned for 20, a period of 28 days. When I had arrived up there, I was like, well, Kingsley, you're not mad. Just roll the 28 days out and you'll be out of here in the space of within no time, less than a month. Unfortunately, there was a disturbance on on Wednesday, the 30th of March, 2011. This is two days after the, the incident occurred on the 27th of March. So after the disturbance, the Higgins was taken again to another psychiatric hospital on the other side of Birmingham. So we all come from different parts of of the UK. So Birmingham, London, we're united against brutality here in the USA. So when we were alive, when the disturbance happened, they said, oh, I just couldn't believe how quick it had actually happened. Kingsley written down, documented what was happening. I had my dictaphone recorded. So we gathered a lot of evidence during that time. So in terms of the time scale, March 2011, Kingsley died. And we had three marches, we mobilized three marches. Straight away the march was for awareness, letting everyone know what's actually happening in the UK, for public awareness. The second march was for them to release his body. Would you believe it took 18 months for them to release my brother's body to the family? That was exhausting. We was like marching, one week after we marched on the 18th of August, 2014, we was like, no, the, we're not, how long is it gonna take for them to release his body? They're taking the liberties, literally. It's it's torture that was draining us out, literally. And then four years later, we only just got the inquest. The inquest act was given us a narrative verdict of neglect. So misconduct and neglect. is We really wanted a lawful killing verdict. However, we managed to get neglect. That shows that all 15 people who had put, laid hands on my brother... We,
6: we reach out to people. Misconduct. We really do reach out the to people to and, and I mean. find strength in, in speaking to other people who have had similar problems, uh, both in England and in the States. Um, my brother was just travelling in a taxi when he was shot uh, by, he was basically surrounded by 30 police officers who um, as, as all basically tried to cover up what happened. And we as a family we were told initially that there was a shootout involving Mark and the police which without even knowing what had actually gone on we knew it was absolutely really ridiculous. We knew it was that it was so far-fetched that it was impossible to, to understand. Um, now these officers, we managed to get an inquest going in, in England which lasted for months and months and months. And I described that inquest as though we went 12 rounds in a boxing match and I would say we probably won 11 of those rounds on points decisions. So to come away from this inquest with what we can only determine is the wrong outcome was just amazing. And it, it was as though, basically, I felt as though my heart had been ripped out again and we was starting from scratch. Uh, like I say, even up till today, it hasn't been explained to us properly what happened that day. And the amount of lies that we actually saw the police doing and giving in court, under oath may i add which is obviously supposed to be the truth it's amazing that absolutely nobody has been brought to any kind of justice for what's happened. nobody's been made accountable in fact the police went as far as to say it was a a a well organized and well outcome operation uh to me that's ridiculous to the rest of my family that's ridiculous and to a lot of the country it was still ridiculous I say that sorry this is this is hard i'm not a campaigner; it's not what i do um, like i said thank you for the opportunity to come here and speak to you all as well so you have to be patient with me it's not what i do but um trying to get my message across especially in such a short time um, basically i want you all to know that i've come over here for a reason which is to join with you all with all your struggles that you're feeling over here as well, and let you know that. The rest that's of the group here. Just I'd just like to thank Black
13: Lives Matter and, you
6: know, and the
13: various corpuses over here that have invite us over to tell our stories. We're the only people who can speak for the dead. Their voices are heard through us. My name is Stephanie Lightfoot Bennett. My twin was Leon Patterson. He was arrested in Stockport, Manchester on the 21st of November, 1992. Six days later, he was dead in a cell. I went up to view the body, and when they brought the body out, I was so shocked at the state of his his corpse, that I said to them, you've brought out the wrong body. Where's my twin? I didn't recognize him. And all I was told by the commanding officer was, you do know he did this to himself, all 32 injuries. You do know that he threw himself around the cell and beat himself to death. At the first inquest, I managed to get it stopped after three days because somebody sitting outside the court pointed out to me that one of the women sitting on the jury just happened to be the custody sergeant's wife who was on duty the day my, da- my, my twin died. At the second inquest, I managed to get an unlawful killing verdict. This was due to one of the jurors standing up and saying, "Look." this man did not beat himself to death. Part of that reason was the toxicologist who works for the crown stood up in court and it's only because I studied forensic science that I managed to get my twin samples sent down to London and retested. But once he found out that I'd done this, he then stood up in court and said, I feel I must make it known to the court I falsified the evidence by putting this man's name to somebody else's samples who died of a heroin overdose. This person was white. Now, I'm mixed race. My mother is half Polish Jew, half English, and my dad is from St. Vincent. So how you could confuse the samples is beyond me. After much haranguing between the coroner and the jury, he went, okay, I will allow you to have the narrative of he was unlawfully killed. In the meantime, I co-wrote a play with a group of people called the Grass Mo- Market Project. And the name of this play was called 2052, which is the name of a form, which means a prisoner is at risk. I won a fringe first and a Scotsman, and I am the only black person to date to win both awards. Thank you. After two years, the the police finally went back to court and got the the verdict overturned. We went back and they came back with Leon, died from hypomania, which basically means he went mad and beat himself to death. This narrative verdict was only introduced for my twin. After the coroner's case, it was taken off the books. So it was only invented just for him. This year, after 22 years, sorry, this is hard for me. My mum passed last year, and she's missing this. After 22 years, they are finally looking into Leon's case. And I'm gonna get justice, not only for his daughter, but for my family. They deserve it. It's been a tough road. We've all been on this road. No family should have to go for the indignity of what we did. I didn't get my brother's body back for five months, and when I did get it back, they didn't store him properly. So he, he started to decompose, and they sealed the coffee because he was a health hazard. This is what the English government does to families. Not only do they do it to us, they do it to everybody. Nobody has the right to die the way our family members died. One thing I hate is when people say to me, I'm sorry for your loss. I didn't lose my twin. I can lose keys. I can lose other items. I knew exactly where my twin was for six days. He was in a police cell. So don't tell me I lost him. You killed him. Like you killed every other member here. Since 1968, we are now running at over 4,000 deaths at the hand of the state, and not one conviction. There has been so many unlawful killing verdicts that not a single officer has been brought to trial. We're here with our hands across the water to let you know you're not alone, and to highlight our cases because, like Patrice said, we know of your cases. We know of Trayvon. We know of Oscar, we know of Sandra, we know of everybody that's died here and it's time that you knew what was going on in England and you knew the names of our family members. Thank you. No <laughs> justice.
14: No justice. No peace. No justice. No peace. No justice. No peace. No justice. No peace. Uh, my name is Marty Rick, and my brother, my beautiful brother was Sean Rick. Um, that was killed at the hands of Brixton police officers in London seven years ago on the 21st of August 2008. Um, I have um, a leaflet with some more details of the case, and I'd like I will pass them around to everybody so that you, I won't be able to say everything here today. But Sean suffered with mental health issues, and he was diagnosed with acute paranoia schizophrenia in the 80s. In England, um, in the 70s and the 80s, they had what was called the Sus Law, which is now called Stop and Search. A lot of young black men were arrested by the police under the Sus Law, which means suspicion. Not for any particular reason. And he, he was taken to Um, They normally would arrest them and they are put into the mental health system via the police. In fact, in England, over half the deaths in police custody are young black men with mental health issues. So this is a really serious issue that we have. And I'm sure it's the same here in the United States. Uh, On the 21st of August, 2008, Sean was having a psychotic episode where he had not taken his medication for, um, for a period of 10 months and so he had a relapse which is one of the um, things that people with mental health issues regularly have is a relapse uh, and, and on this day there were frantic emergency 999 calls made uh, 999 emergency calls made for the police to come and take Sean to a place of safety a place of safety is not a police cell it should have been a hospital and the police refused to attend and Sean went onto the streets and he was um vulnerable he was not a criminal the police eventually arrived and restrained him in the prone position the prone position is face down so he was on grass and the jury found that he'd been restrained in the prone position Uh, for a period of eight minutes. That's like being suffocated in a pillow. And then they put him in the back of police vehicle where the officers claimed that he was upside down on his back with his legs up and he was um, handcuffed to the back in a very small area. And they claimed that he was spinning 360 degrees in an area where it's impossible to do that the dimensions of the case he'd just been restrained in the prone position for eight minutes so there was a lack of oxygen going to him he would have been very unwell and type on top of the the um psychotic episode that he was having when he was taken to brixton police station he was kept at the back of the police van for eight minutes in the yard and for 11 minutes in the yard where the officers claimed that the custody suite was busy but Sean was actually dying at the back of the van and eventually he was heavily assisted um, by police officers where it can be seen on CCTV where um, he doesn't appear to be walking. He wouldn't have been able to walk by himself and after a few steps, Sean's on the floor and it's captured on CCTV in the yard. He never actually entered the police station where Sean is literally dying and the officers are literally just standing around him and they're saying that there's he they didn't know we had a mental health issue they didn't know that he was unwell in fact he was carrying his passport with him and they had arrested him for theft of his own passport and uh, there's also a a cover-up that ensues after that and when you read the leaflet you can know a little bit more so since, that, uh, since then, I have become a campaigner and activist on the issues of deaths in custody because I was alarmed when I attended the United Families and Friends March, which is a coalition of families in London, in England, that have lost their loved ones at the hands of the police. And there were hundreds of people. I found that there were thousands of deaths in this country and so since Sean's death there was a very um, critical narrative verdict which found that the actions of the officers contributed to Sean's death and caused his death and they have been we have the Independent Police Complaints Commission which is a, um, apparently an independent body that investigates the police however it has the employment of ex-police officers and And so you can believe that their investigations are always biased in terms of the police. We were able, for the first time, to get a review into the independent police Police complaints commission into the way that they investigate deaths in custody. And and our my brother's case was the one that uh, was the case study for it. And it recommended that. the the case should be reopened as a criminal investigation. So for three years, it has now become a criminal investigation. They're still investigating. We've been able to get one of the officers charged with perjury, and I think that's the first one that's ever happened in England, (laughs) for perjury and a death in custody. And we expect a trial later next year. One of the officers attempted to retire to become a priest in the Church of England. And officers in England are allowed to retire and they do that and then you cannot investigate against them. So now it's a bit more difficult for officers to retire when they're under investigation. And we've we've campaigned with the government and parliament and recently in May this year the Home Secretary Theresa May has announced a public inquiry into deaths in police custody uh, with the first of its kind in England. You need to um, follow all the cases that are happening in, in England, there are thousands, it's horrific. They don't just kill black people, they kill their own too and there's never been a successful prosecution uh, and, or any convictions. So uh, I and the other families are here to stand in solidarity with the other families to show that you are not alone right. today. You're not going to uh,
15: My brother was arrested a few weeks ago, um, about a month ago, he was in the middle of the episode. And we had collectively, uh, our team, we have a rapid response team at home. And we're, we didn't call the police on him, someone in the neighborhood did. Uh, but we knew the moment the police showed up, what we were going to do. We're going to record. we're gonna let the police know he, had a, that he, he has a history of mental health issues. And we're gonna let the police know that we are recording them on an ACLU device, that we are watching them, that they are not going to be able to uh, be allowed to harm and hurt my brother. And it was probably, in, in my own experience, one of the um, the least dangerous uh, moments I've seen with police and a loved one. And that was huge, I know I had everything to do with the community that was responding. Six to eight people surrounded the police as they arrested my brother imagine if we had that on a daily basis if we had people surrounding the police uh, stopping the police from arresting people that's possible and it takes community and it takes uh, it takes a community vision and it takes community action so um i'm gonna have uncle bobby come up good to see you uh and if you have time afterwards, it'd be great for you to meet the families from the U.K. who came out here whose loved ones been killed by the state as well. For
3: those that uh, may not know who I am, I am the uncle of
15: doing. Oscar Grant, Oscar's
3: mother, Wanda, is my baby sister. So as you know, um, on January 1st, 2009, Oscar was murdered at the Fruitvale Park platform. For all those from the U.K. that haven't been to the Fruitvale Park station to where he was murdered, Okay, oh, okay, great, great. Much love to you for knowing the story and supporting and praying for us. Because it is clear with us in the family, that had the community not stood with us, prayed with us, went back and forth to with us, right, cried with us, but most importantly, utilizing your First Amendment right to speak that injustice, right? We wouldn't have got for the first time in California state history an officer arrested, charged, convicted, and sent to jail. That's, right. That's what the community can do. Martin Luther King said it like this Cowards ask, is it safe? Expediency asks, is it political? And vanity asks, is it popular? But the conscience asks, is it right? There comes a time when neither safe, political, or popular is the reason why you stand. You stand because it is right. So all of you, that's right, we need to clap on that. (laughs) It is my belief that those that are standing right here, right now, hearing what's going on about this caravan, the justice that the Ella Baker Center put together in Black Lives Matter, and about this rapid response team are not cowards. You hear what I'm saying? I'm gonna tell you, when Oscar was murdered, one of the things that came to my mind was building a rapid family response team. So I took it upon myself and my wife, Sister Beatrice here who's videotaping me right now, decided to begin to bridge the gap between families, letting them know that they are not alone. And it took us all the way across the United States where we done connected with all the national families and those that don't have no name. Because we realized because of you, the embrace that we had that helped us stand up, that if we embraced the family, it would hopefully give them some ability to stand and move forward in their seeking their justice. So this event is critical to the lives of those families that have suffered that harm. You hear what I'm saying? This stance is critical. Your support, your belief in it is critical. Your leadership and passing this around so that we can teach our communities how to respond and support families is of essence. I mean, it is critical, it is important, and it's the the vanguard to actually bring a real justice in our community. So I want to thank you personally, from our family, the your Grant family, for being here, hearing this, and being a part of it. Now, those, the gear that you see I'm wearing right now is about the exact same thing we're talking about. On 10-10-15 in Washington, D.C., Minister Lewis Farrakhan called for the 20th anniversary, the 20th anniversary at Washington, D.C and he titled it Justice or Else. And the movement in front of that is all the families across the United States who have been harmed by this sick, militarized, racist police system. So in Washington, D.C., there's gonna be, we hold millions of families, but we know it's gonna be thousands of families there because that embrace, embracing families, and letting them know that though their voice and their child has not been heard or known by the world, you have now connected with a choir that is going to sing loud to this world so that the world can know that the United States is not what it says it is. There is human rights violation that is happening here with black people, brown people, and those marginalized white folks that have been killed and will by these police officers. And it must stop now. (laughs)
5: Y'all are crazy,
1: man.
2: get high. I know I can remember if
8: I get high. Oh god damn it, all right, fine. Here's your stupid lighter.
2: Oh, wait a second?
7: I have to climb the stupid fence.